Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to square one, where they first started their business, so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services. Today we have Elaine Zambos, formerly known as Elaine Merritt. Elaine is the executive director of Southeast Tennessee BNI. There's 11, 13 chapters now, Elaine? Um, no, there's 23. Whoa! Ooh. Okay, 23 chapters. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we do have the honor, I do need to say, we this morning are interviewing back-to-back Chattanooga Chamber of Commerce Award winners. Woo-hoo. And Elaine won the award for Best company between one and 20 employees. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Well, congratulations on that, Elaine. Thank you very much for being here. We are excited. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. So, Elaine, 23 chapters. That means you have organized 23 groups of people. To me, that sounds like a pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um. On the daily. Okay, okay. So we're <laughs> no, there. it's not a pain. So, yeah, it's wonderful because you've got 23 groups of business owners, entrepreneurs, salespeople that are all like-minded because they all want to increase their business. They all want to network. They all want to be better through personal and professional development. The flip side of that is they're all entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. We become entrepreneurs because we are not good employees. We don't follow rules well. We beat the drum to our own set, you know, our own music. And so then trying to corral them to go, okay, this is the system and the system works. So we got to stay within these guidelines. That's the tough part because then people go off the rails and yeah, it's always bringing people back in. So I'm so thankful that I have a lot of conflict management and conflict resolution under my belt. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that really helps. That's one way to say it. Uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast, a lot of our guests actually are BNI members or former members. So nice. If you do listen to the uh, podcast, you're probably the most shouted out person on our podcast so I far. I love it. So BNI, Business Networking International. BNI is in 76 different countries. I'm leaving Tuesday actually to go to Madrid for the global BNI conference. And so the cool part about that is BNI is being represented from the Southeast. So, you know, Chattanooga is going to have some representation on the world stage. And then we'll be talking about, there's a symposium, we'll be talking about the symbiotic relationship between BNI and your local chamber of commerce. Wow. That's awesome. So full disclosure for our listeners, I'm in a chapter that just got started largely due to the efforts of Elaine and the other mentorship in our chapter. It was really cool being able to see how influential you are on that chapter, visited other chapters that we've been able to see you at. A question that I'm interested to know the answer to is people are in BNI to build relationships, right? To get new business. How do you help these people, especially initially in the startup phase, to work up to that? Yeah, so it's interesting. I've never intentionally set out to start a chapter. When I became the executive director in 2017, I was approached about buying the region. And at that time, we had 
11 chapters, about 200 members. And so what would happen is somebody would come to me and want to be a part of BNI and their seat was already, because BNI only allows one person per profession in each chapter. And so that seat's not available. And I would off the cuff, just kind of laugh and say, somebody there has to quit or die. And then you can get into <laughs> that chapter. And so typically it's either a financial advisor, insurance person, realtor, or a mortgage lender. And so then they'll come to me and they'll say, well, then, then I want to start my own chapter. And typically that's what happens is I'm working with um, somebody. So in the situation in the chapter you just joined, um, it was an insurance person. She wanted to be a part of BNI. And I'm like, we don't have a seat and then next thing I know, I get a phone call from a realtor who says, I want to be in BNI. And I go, I'm sorry, we don't have a seat. And I go, wait a minute. How about I introduce you? And so that's how that happened. And so then from there, we just grew. And I just said, I'll help you do this. But here's what you have to do. You got to have people that want to be a part of it. And then 14 weeks later, we became a chapter. Nice. Elaine, a lot of our guests have weighed in on the power of networking and relationship building. In fact, the majority of people would say that's like their number one source of business. So kudos to you for helping facilitate that. We're going to dive right into business ownership. So like you literally own the rights to Southeast Tennessee's area for BNI groups to form. Right. So managing 23 groups of grown Adults. 514 of them. Gosh. <laughs> wow. Uh, that sounds painful. So BNI, I'm obviously assuming, offers a support system to help build, manage, respond, and deal with those people, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So if you look back... Would you still buy back into a franchise or would you do something completely on your own? That's a great question because I have owned my own business that I started from scratch before I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then and I moved here in 2009. So I didn't buy the business until 2017. The previous franchise owner, I didn't know BNI was a franchise. Let's just put it, I'll just put it out there. I didn't know that until I get the phone call one day and the previous director said, do you want to be the executive director? And I said, not my little girl dream, no. <laughs> so then he said, well, I'm going to sell the business. I didn't know it was a franchise, right? So I'm like, whoa, I know business. I know numbers. Let me look and see. And I said, yes, which was really scary, which is part of one of the other questions you'll probably ask, like biggest mistakes. Because, you know, you invest. Like when you start your business, you're like you're putting money together. But when you buy a business, that's a lot of money. I'm single and this business costs twice what my house cost. And so you're like, whoa, how am I going to make all that happen? And so I did. And and it's debt free. Like I own it straight out now. So that's awesome. So, yes, I would buy. I totally would buy a franchise again because the systems are in place. Like all of those bumps that you go over that first six, eight, nine, 12 months of putting systems and policies and all the stuff in place. If you follow the guidelines, I mean, it's going to help you be successful. Yeah. So when you bought the business, how many chapters were there? 11. So you've over doubled that. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the quality of people? Because I don't think it's a secret. B&I makes money. It's a business. It's a business. And when people are in the business, 
you make money. That's mm-hmm. just it. Nobody's, you know, being bamboozled there by any means. But how do you weigh quality people versus because if it's me, I'm like, sure, let's just get anybody in here because I want the money. But how do you weigh over quality people to stay in your business? So when people ask me what my job is, I'll say my job is to protect those letters, BNI, Business Networking International. I have to protect the letters. How do you protect those letters? You protect the letters by allowing the right people in and keeping the wrong people out and finding out when a wrong person got in, getting them back out. I mean, we had a situation just yesterday. Tell us about it. A situation from yesterday. So, yeah. So, there's a member who... We can change the names to protect the innocent, Okay, we'll change the names. But, yeah, so we had a member... (laughs) who would get like refer herself to people or refer himself to people and then not pay their bill. Huh? Yeah. Jaw drop. Right. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you have to abide by the code of ethics. And one of those code of ethics is I'll build goodwill and trust among members and their referrals. Well, that doesn't build goodwill and trust. And the last thing I want is for somebody to say, whoa, 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 I'm not doing business with the BNI member because they don't pay their bills. That's protecting the letters. I'm like out. You got to go. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that I see continually in the small business realm, one of the biggest pain points is how do I market my business? Especially if there's not a large support team around someone, right? And you see this firsthand and how business owners can still make these efforts there, right? With your business in BNI, what marketing advice would you have for others that you have used yourself to market BNI? I'm going to surround myself with other like-minded people mm-hmm. because like Malcolm and I are in totally different businesses, but I've learned a lot from Malcolm over the years. Like you may be putting some things into place that I'm not putting into place. And so I'll glean off of that. But the biggest thing for people to be successful is they just got to put themselves out there. I love it that people join a networking organization, Hmm. but it makes me crazy that people join a networking organization and they don't network anywhere else. Like you don't just network with that, you know, 20 people, 30 people, 40 people in that room. You got to put yourself out there. So that would be the number one thing I would tell any business owner is you got to put yourself out there. I love that, Elaine. Uh, and we were just having a chuckle earlier about people in B&I that not only not network outside of there, but would stand up in a B&I group and say, well, hey, this is what I'm looking for this week. But say, uh, I'm good this week because I'm going on vacation, so I don't need any referrals. Every time I heard that, I wanted to throw something at that person because I you realize you're wasting your time and the time of 25 other people right now, right? So that was squirrel brain. Um, so you doubled BNI's business in Southeast Tennessee. If you were talking to another person that bought a BNI area? Region. Region, okay. What is a proven ROI thing that you've done that they could grow their BNI network, their BNI chapters? Definitely get involved in your local chamber. I love that. Now, if I remember correctly, you got anybody that was a BNI member an automatic chamber uh, membership or something, right? So they could attend events through BNI, yes. That's big. Elaine, you sponsor a nonprofit seat for each one of the chapters, right? I do. I think that that's like 
just such a great thing. Is there any specific motivation behind that? Yes. So in 2020, when the pandemic hit, one of my closest friends worked for a nonprofit and she lost her job. And I was just devastated. Like, you know, she's my friend and I'm devastated she lost her job. Got to be something that I can do to help. And then I thought, hello, you have the largest part of the largest networking organization in the world. And so I offered up that I would scholarship a nonprofit for every single chapter so that each nonprofit has an opportunity to expand their network and be introduced into the community. And one of the things we're seeing is that the more we enrich the community, the more we enrich the businesses. And the more we enrich businesses, the more it enriches the communities, right? Like it's it's a symbiotic. And so they all work well together. And so it opens up so that a nonprofit can learn more about business. And so then it's morphed into another whole new section of BNI, which I'm super excited about, that these nonprofits were feeling like they were by themselves. They didn't quite know how to ask for a referral because they didn't want to they didn't want to seem like a leech, like they're always asking for money, but they could like, what else can we be doing? And so we created a power team. And so the nonprofits, we would all meet once a month and we talk about ideas on how we can help one another. And through that, we came up with BNI Gives Back. And we just did last on October the 14th, we did what we call a walk and talk. So all of the BNI nonprofits got together and we did a big nonstop walking one to one. And now it's morphed again. And now we're going to do and haven't even announced this like this is the first time I'm announcing it. We're doing a BNI builds, which is, again, off of BNI gives back that there's a local school, the Chattanooga Girls leaders academy you know yeah and and be the change so we're partnering with them to open up the food pantry and so bni is going to build out the pantry and so so yeah we're going to ask different bni members to come in and in a day build this food and clothing pantry nice yeah can people get on on that even if they're not bni members sure do all bni chapters sponsor the nonprofit, like you're saying we still have about eight chapters that do not have a nonprofit yet. I think now I'm going to find out where BNI is available. I'm going to go there, buy the region, talk with the chamber, and offer a spot for a nonprofit, and then it's going to have to explode. It does explode. Hey. I, mean, I, I, did, I, did, I never put all those pieces together. So thank you for that, Malcolm. You just dropped a business plan in somebody's mind, so thank you for that. Uh, a lot of people talk about how fun it is and how exciting and you can make money. But what we want to talk about, too, is like the stuff that people don't say, and it's some failures, whether it's people, business, money. Can you share with us a failure that was really difficult for you to overcome and what you've learned from that? Sure. So two things. One is people-pleasing, trying to be all things to all people and not telling people no and setting up your boundaries like that has come back to bite me time after time after time because I want to do everything and I want to help everyone. And at some point you have to like draw some lines and say, you know what, this is what I'm good at. This is what I, you know, stay here. And then the other part is I'm not only my people pleaser, I'm a control freak. So I want to be in control of everything that's going on and I want to know what's going on. And So, and I don't always believe that other people can do it as well as I can. So I might as well do it. 
And then it has ruined numerous relationships over the years because if you're doing everything, then you're not available to do anything, right? So I was at a conference and I got to actually meet Dr. Ivan Meisner. It's the first time I had like a one-two-one. There's a difference between a one-on-one and a one-two-one, which is another funny story. So anyway, we're having a conversation and he's asking me like, hey, Elaine, you know, congratulations. You're doing great. What is it you like about what you're doing? So I'm telling him, you know, I love coaching the members. I love talking to the chapters, visiting chapters, building chapters, bringing people together. And he says, what don't you like? And I'm like, I just don't like that B&I Connect. I don't like the app. I don't like any of that. He's like, then why do you do it? I'm like, well, that's a great question. I said, because that's part of my agreement. (laughs) And he said, Elaine, think of a candle. And when you see a candle, you know, like a candlestick and it's burning, when you are at the chapters and you're talking to people and you're out there, you are working in your flame. But when you go back to your office and you are doing all the detail work and you're working on reports and all of that, you are in your wax. He's like, you're swimming around in wax. And the more you swim in that wax, you are robbing somebody else of their flame because they love doing that stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So that's when I realized I can't do this by myself. And got a te- we, now we have a team that works together. I love that. So um, not telling people no. My coach tells me the same thing. And you say control freak. So can people listen to the BNI podcast, Dr. Ivan Meisner's, without being a BNI member? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do they do that? BNIpodcast.com. Because there's like 10, 15 minute, you know, really right. quick podcasts. And whether you believe in BNI or not, Dr. Ivan Meisner is a business genius. Oh, he's a genius. genius. He is. He's written over 30 books and there's like over 800 podcasts now. And they're not all BNI. Like it's business. And there is actually one of his podcasts talks about the candle analogy and working in your flame. I love that. In fact, I have to have a tough conversation with somebody later today about control freak, like you said, delegation. And a lot of people don't understand it. So like, let's say I'm good at making hats. Okay, cool. I can teach somebody else to make hats too. But not only are you, uh, you could be doing something else. But you're robbing somebody else's chance at a good career or, you know, a good culture or whatever, because they can make the hats, man. Right. The wax, and that's just beautiful. What's empowering? It's empowering others to excel. If I keep all of that, then I'm not allowing anyone else to excel. You're robbing them of the opportunity that you are helping create that they can make their life a lot better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Elaine, I want to throw out a quick softball because I'm just interested <laughs> to know this. The most non-traditional seat that you've seen in a BNI, what would that be? So we have a crime scene cleanup person in BNI. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's there you great. go. Wow. That, that's probably the most okay, Bio well, One is the name of the company. Yep. Uh well, kudos to them. So if you heard it here first. <laughs> What kind of referral would that person ask for? Well, not, I mean, he's not going to come in and say, hey, if somebody just offed somebody in their house and go in and clean up, right? Right. So, but they also, when you think of like that kind of cleanup stuff, right? Would that be like a relationship with a coroner or a sheriff or something? That, That could be. Yeah, absolutely. They have a great rapport with the sheriff's department. But more than not, it's with hoarding. Mm. 
Because when you take all that stuff out of somebody's home, those homes a lot of time have got to be like crazy stuff that has to go on. That's probably the most unique situation or unique category we have in BNI that I can think of. Can you give us maybe just one or two pieces of advice on how to have a successful one-to-one with someone else? Biggest piece of advice I can give is talk about your business. Hmm. You know, a lot of times we'll do one-to-ones and next thing you know, all we're doing is talking about like the football game over the weekend, but talking about your business and not only talking about your business, but teach me how to find a referral for you. How do I know what's a good referral? You know, I know that you do home inspections. Okay. But what are things that I need to look for, listen for if I see to say, whoa, you need to talk to Malcolm or pest control. Like if you see, hear, do, like what are some questions that I could ask somebody? So when we think about it, we have to realize that we are teaching people to find business for us. And the other piece of advice I would give on one-to-ones is I'm not here to sell you. Don't try to sell me your product or service during the one-to-one. That's just icky. Like you just ick out and go, oh, no. But yeah, just being able to share what you do and why would somebody hire you? Like what is going on in their lives? Because so many times people will say about all the facts, well, we have great service, great selection, we're a five-star rating. Nobody cares. You know, we're superheroes. We want to come in as a superhero. What's going on in their life that they need to hire you? Elaine, I love that you just dropped that because of the last couple of weeks I've been preaching to the team and you kind of backed me up there. But like one of the easiest and most effective things that you can do is tell people what you do. You know, you're going to build that relationship. And if I don't know that you're a BNI director or a podcast producer, like if you don't put it on social media, you know, if you don't have it out there, <laughs> like that's one of the best things we can do is just tell people what we do. Um, so that's great. Uh, one of the things that I used to get beat up on a lot. Everybody says, oh, it's Malcolm's thing. It's not my thing. It's B&I's thing. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead with it. Specific is terrific. Specific is terrific. And I used to get beat up a lot because that's B&I's thing. When you're asking for a referral, like Isaiah asked, you just be specific. So I hate when somebody stands up and says, well, I'm a home inspector. I'm looking for anybody that's uh, buying a home. That resonates with no one, right? But I'm looking for... Isaiah Williams with Chattanooga. That I either know or don't know. So you can either put something out there that is going to resonate with no one or something that might resonate highly with one or two people in that room. No, and it's so funny because you totally changed the culture of that chapter by doing that. And so we do call it the Malcolm. Okay. Okay, Let's be a Malcolm here. Everyone be a Malcolm. But the thing is, when every person comes into a room, all of us, we all have a cell phone. Every one of us. And every person in that cell phone has a name. Not one person in our phone is named anybody, everybody, somebody. So when we are very specific, even though, you know, you might say, hey, I want to meet the person over at Persian Rug. You may like, oh, you know what? I don't know anybody at Persian Rug, but I know somebody at Ix and Flooring. Would you like to meet them? Mm -hmm. But if you just say, I want to meet somebody in Flooring, you're like, I don't know. Or needs a new floor or whatever, right? So you got to be specific. To me, it just makes a lot of sense, obviously, to be an I, too. And I always tell people, again, it's not my thing, so I think it's funny that they say I'm going to be a Malcolm. But I always tell people, if you don't know who you're looking to get introduced for, bet your ass nobody's going to do your work for you. (laughs) I mean, seriously. No, they're not. No. 
And I'll say, I always say like how you do some things is how you do everything. If you cannot come into a room and tell me in one minute, like what you do and who you want to be introduced to, that doesn't settle well with me because I think, wait a minute, if they can't talk about their business for a minute, I'm not going to be comfortable referring them to someone else. Because if they're not comfortable telling me about it, how, why would I give them my best friend or my mom? I always call it the Miss Betty test. If I don't think that this person could be with my mom and explain to her what she, like, no. A hundred percent. Something we usually do at the beginning of the podcast, Elaine, is uh, talk a little about, uh, well, just you. Tell us about your hiking escapades, please. Oh, gosh. Because you went to Everest. Mm-hmm. And you didn't do the summit, but you did like... Base camp. Base camp. That's like a feat in itself, yeah, it's right? 18, that's just shy of 18,000 feet, yeah. How long did that take you? Six days up. Wow. And you have to like... I don't know anything about Everest, but we do like hiking. But like just to do base camp, you have to have like a permit and everything, right? Yeah, you have to go with a guide. You can't just, just go. Just go, right. Because it's, I mean, it's not easy. It's You're going over some glaciers and... You're losing altitude and, you know, at 10,000 feet, you don't see any more trees because, well, there's not enough oxygen for a tree to survive and you're going up another 8,000 feet, well, 7,600 feet. So, yeah, there's some training involved. I went out to Colorado and did a um, three or four, four 14ers to 14,000 feet peaks because that's the highest you can get to in the state. So I went as high as I could here, but there's a big difference between 14 and 17.6. But yeah, so that was a, it was amazing. I think there was a lot of great things about that. Like you're going and there's like little villages because, well, at certain, they can't bring in supplies. And so there's yaks, like these big yaks are huge animals and they're just piled with supplies. Beer. And yeah, supplies for food, for a village. I mean, people live here in some of these little villages that are along the way. And then the Sherpas they're incredible human beings. I mean, like they have all this stuff on their backs and they're just such happy people. And you're looking at them and they're like, their clothes don't fit. Their shoes don't even match. Like they might have two different shoes and they're just so happy. And here we're like, oh, we got to have all this stuff. Like in the U.S., the biggest business is storage units because we got too much stuff. And here this guy, his shoes don't even match. And he's singing. He's happy. So anyway, that was a great, that was a great adventure to base camp. Now, it took you six days to get up, though, and I think you told me, like, you actually need 14 days, like, to travel there, you to do. get ready. Then That's not a simple feat. Mm-mm. I love the humbling fact, and we talk about traveling all the time. I think one of the best learning experiences I did as a, a young adult was to travel. It was to the Middle East, but it's, you know, somewhat similar. Like, we sit here and we groan and complain that I can't have my water ice cold in a Yeti thing that's at 32 ounces. But like you said, these guys are living out of a yak with shoes that don't match, <laughs> carrying our stuff to base camp, and they're happy about they're it. They're happy. So uh, one of the best educations is travel to a different country and see how the rest of the world yeah. lives. The next epic, if you will, was um, Machu Picchu, to see Machu Picchu in Peru. So that was a gorgeous, I mean, that's a great trek as well. Different trek, right? South America versus the Himalayas. So Machu Picchu, the base camp of Everest, Mm -hmm. what else? I did a section of that Appalachian Trail um, in August. Nice. Which is not like any of those, but I will tell you, it was just as hard. Right on. What's the next goal there? Patagonia. Cool. There you go. Yeah. I'd love to do the W, but if I could do, they call it the O, which would you go around, but 
that takes a special guide. Speaking to Isaiah's heart here, as he's wearing a Patagonia <laughs> sweater. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> Patagonia is Fitzroy, right? Like that. Yes. Mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. It is. That's awesome. You have such cool, cool goals, and what you've already been able to do—that's that's some really cool stuff. What's called law of attraction. I know what I want to do. I write it down, and none of the things that I've done so far have been things I've sought out to do. It just happens. Fair enough. But I put it in the universe. Like you're gonna make it happen. So. So you write it down of what you want to do. Yeah. So law of attraction is putting things out there, right? And so I have it in my briefcase right now. There's a little book. So in 2014, I got introduced to the concept. And so I wrote down 101 things that I want to do or have. And it was really hard to come up with. Like the first 10 are kind of easy, but after that, it's hard. And so I write them down. And I had, like, I've always wanted to get a Machu Picchu since I was a little bitty girl. And um, I'm at a party. I meet this person. And she's gosh, 25 years younger than me. And I'm like, what do you like to do when you're not working? She says, I like to hike. And I said, so if you ever want a hiking buddy, I'd love to go. And so she called me and we went for a hike. I said, so what's been your most epic hike? And she said she did Machu Picchu. I'm like, tell me every detail. Yeah. So she does. And um, I said, oh my gosh, I say I want to go. It's on my list of, it's like, it really is written down on my list. I really want to go. And she went with her sister. And I said, so after you do Machu Picchu, what's next? She goes, Everest Base Camp. That's on my list, too. (laughs) Right? It's like number 34 on my list. And I said, oh, my gosh. Is your sister going to go with you? And she goes, no, she thinks it's too dangerous. I'm going by myself. I said, I'll go with you. And so I did. But unfortunately, on the second day, they call it acclimation day, where we go to a certain height. We have to stay there for a day or so to acclimate to the altitude. On the way back down, she fell, and she had to be helicoptered out. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to go. I'm like, I'll go. She's like, no, you're not. I finished the trek, and she went back two years later and was able to do the trek. I love the. I think a lot of us get uh, wrapped up in just working. I told you that my wife and I, and now the boys, we have the goal to climb the highest mountain in every state. I think we've done 27 states or something. Oh, wow. We did a road trip, and tell me your experience, but we did a road trip that got like six or seven of them this summer. But it's not really, I mean, yeah, the win is to get to the top of the mountain, but like the so, so cool things that uh, we find along the way, like the world's largest pencil, where Ulysses S. Jackson was commissioned a general, where, you know, an old cowboy held up a train station or whatever it is. I'm assuming if you're taking the awesome experience to base camp, you're seeing like a lot of awesome stuff along the way. You are. Yeah. It's very cool. I love that. So one question, Elaine, that we ask everyone that comes on this podcast is the question about going back to square one, right? So think about your career or even just you as a person. If you had one piece of advice that you could give an aspiring entrepreneur, give us a piece of advice that you would give to that person based off of your story. Don't be afraid to step off the sidewalk. Take those chances. Don't keep playing it safe because if you play it safe, you'll be broke. That is mm. just straight to the point. <laughs> Bam. Legit. Like, <laughs> no dancing around. I love that. So, because when um, I got the opportunity to purchase BNI, they wanted me to take all of East Tennessee. And I'm so mad at myself to this day that I didn't do it. But my big deal was 
but I don't know anybody in Knoxville. I don't have any relationships there. I don't know anything up there. This is my community. And there's now the way BNI is designed, like now BNI corporate owns it and you'll never get, I'll never get it. Like this will always be my little spot. Wow. It's because I didn't step off the sidewalk and I didn't take that chance. I can name like five books I'm thinking of when you're talking about, you know, law of attraction and putting things out there. But can we wrap us up with a book recommendation or two that you like? Profit First. That would be my first book to say, read it, apply it to your personal life, apply it to your business. So Profit First would be... By Mike Machowski or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. If you can't make money, then uh, it's difficult to do anything else. Right, you can't do anything else. Like, yeah, like that. You, if even though people might think money is ugly, that's how the world works. Like you gotta have money. So profit first. Um, another book that I like a lot is Atomic Habits, and then a third book I would recommend is The Four Disciplines of Execution. So those three books, and I will say that The Four Disciplines of Execution is a hard, hard book to read. So I would definitely do it on Audible. And they also have uh, some online yes, it does. It has diagrams and stuff yes. that help it. So great recommendations. Elaine, thank you so much for your time for coming in today. We Thanks for asking very me. much appreciate you. Thank you, Elaine. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Square One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Omni Home Services, where we rep Chattanooga Home Inspector, Nuclear Pest Control, Elevate Home Staging and Design, and Radon Eraser. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.